vipito precious listeners we now have the line clear in a minute now the man of god the mighty prophet of yahweh is going to be live on air Praise the Lord, mightiest prophet of the Lord. Amen. What a great blessing to come to you, people. Well, uh, beloved listeners, beloved people, I know that uh, we are late because of the technical hitch that uh, was going on at the radio station. Well, uh, this is to the conference. I'm speaking directly to the conference of pastors. and ministers of the gospel that is gathered in Kampala, Uganda. And again, I am speaking directly to the conference of pastors and the ministers of the gospel that is right now as we speak gathered in Kampala, Uganda, more than a thousand pastors. I have also seen the images streaming from that conference. a big big conference a huge conference and i want first and foremost to thank our lord and savior jesus christ for giving me this wonderful opportunity again to be able to speak to the church of christ in kampala uganda the church of christ in uganda and i know that uh, we have delayed this conference to give a chance to people in the western hemisphere to wake up and also be part of this wonderful conversation and so i would like to thank the archbishop in charge of uganda archbishop john kichio thank you very much for mobilizing this conference thank you for taking your time resources and effort to put together this wonderful meeting in Kampala and now you see it's going to benefit all the nations of the earth because i can see they are tuned in all the way from australia the many many cities of australia new zealand all through asia throughout europe and west uh, the us to south america central everywhere is tuned in the island Uh, Archbishop John Kitchio, I am praying for the church in Uganda, and I want to say that I really know that the Lord will finally bring me to Uganda uh, in a very, very major move that will uh, do things. The Lord will be able to revive the church there. But this is part of that beginning now. This is the laying of that foundation for coming to Uganda. and i know we are running through a very tight calendar right now and uh, i want to thank you for this tremendous effort that you put together i knew that you had requested that i send you some uh, bishops from here three bishops to be part of that conference and uh, to be speakers in that conference but i thought and realized that it's probably better i speak directly to the conference than to send anyone going to the nature of calling as you know and so may the lord bless you well uh, in 
Rwanda. I want to talk today about a very, very important event, a very, very critical event. The Lord has spoken with me this year. Uh, this year, God the Father, the Father to our Lord Jesus Christ, He spoke with me on January 15th. The 15th of January, the year 2017, the year that is about to end. And I thought that that was a very fundamental conversation that I would like to share with the people of Uganda, with the church in Uganda, the churches in Uganda, that they too may be part of this very wonderful move of God that you see now sweeping across Kenya in a very historic manner. And I'm sure you're followed, you're, you're involved, and people are being healed on the other side too. There's a very big move of the end revival of righteousness that is sweeping the revival of the Holy Spirit. Well, I want to describe this conversation before I give you the revelation and the instruction. Uh, this conversation, for those of you in the conference, if you're writing your title for the message, it becomes the entry of the church into heaven. Again, the entry of the church into eternity in heaven, if you so wish. And I'm going to navigate myself, navigate myself through this mighty, mighty conversation. I know that I have so much to share with you, the Church of Christ in Uganda. But I think this becomes a very important starting point. And I'm just hoping that we will have these wonderful encounters, wonderful conferences, because now the Lord has enabled us through technology to be able to do this with greater ease. I'm hoping that I can advance other conversations too. But today's conversation is going to be based on a very, very mighty visitation of God the Father. When God the Father himself came to me, he came to me on January 15th, the year 2017, this year, to talk to me specifically about this very important event, the entry of the Church of Christ into eternity in heaven, beloved people. And I'll describe the vision, and then I'll begin to bear you, to bring a bearing into you, so that uh, we may be able to navigate into scripture and receive the instruction. On that, January 15th, beloved people, the ministers of the gospel, very senior people gathered in Kampala right now and all over the globe, by extension. In that very powerful discussion and uh, visitation when God the Father himself came to speak with me about the coming of the Messiah, the entry of the church into eternity in heaven. The Lord God the Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, He lifted me up from the earth, above the earth, and He brought me above the earth, very close to a humongous cloud of His glory. Very, very powerful, humongous cloud of His glory exactly similar to the cloud that you saw I prophesied 
that November 21st, 2012, and visited Kisumu December 31st, 2012. However, very big, the cloud was very big, probably greater than the Earth. I cannot estimate, maybe greater than the Earth or half the size of the Earth, but very big. And he stood me up above the earth, very close, about 20 or so, 20 to 30 feet away from the cloud. And when he stood me there, he asked me to look down. And when I looked down, I saw the Church of Christ that was being taken up into the glorious kingdom of God. So this is a very tremendous conversation because this conversation is going to speak about an irretrievable event, an irreversible event, an event that has eternal consequences on the church. And by irretrievable, irreversible, I mean that if this event takes place, once this event takes place, it is finished, there is no way the church can reverse it. You cannot say, look, I am not ready, I was not ready, I am not ready, and I was not ready, so Lord, please reverse it, I'll be more ready now. This event is a trap, if you see the way the Bible describes this event. And that's why this conversation is very critical, even for the pastors who are tuning in Europe, I know that a lot of pastors across the entire Europe are tuning and the entire United States of America, all the way to Central America, down to, to South America, Africa, total. This is equally critical for you. I know that I'm addressing myself to the ministers of the gospel in Uganda, Kampala. However, this is equally critical to the body of Christ globally. And so, when the Lord placed me above the earth, and stood me there about 20 to 30 feet from the from the, the cloud itself, the massive, humongous cloud of the glory of God the Father. Then I saw, when he asked me to look down, I saw the church of Christ that was being taken into heaven. And I'm going to make some very serious descriptions here. The way the church from where I was standing, it was on my left that they were being taken. It was so powerful to see. In fact, let me reveal this right away, that it is the glory of heaven, the glory of God the Father, the glory of the Lord that was pulling them from the earth. I could see them lifting up from the earth, and they were going, I don't know why, it looked more like a single file. Single file meaning you could see that they are following a narrow path as though it's one after the other, a line. And so they are going and they are going from my left, they are going left, and they reach the place midway and they turn right. And when they turn right now they face exactly where I was standing and where the cloud of the Lord Jehovah Elohim. Jehovah El Olam, the mighty God of Israel, 
where he was, his glory was. So they turned right, and when they faced the cloud direct like this, I see them being taken, being taken. And for me, the manner in which the Lord speaks with me, he even gives me greater detail. So I am able to see specific individual Christians that I know within that group that is being taken up. And they are following as though they are in a single line, or they are like one or two is maximum, but single line, going a little left, and then turning right, and then they face the cloud of God. And I see them cut close to where I was standing. Some of them I know, so the way the Lord operates with me, He makes some of them wave at me very happily. As they were now entering, the cloud opened 20 to 30 feet away. The cloud then opened. I saw the door to heaven open. And what amazed me so much is that when the cloud opened, the cloud of glory opened, then immediately some glorious stairs appeared. Glorious. Very, very glorious. You could think it's sapphire. You could think it's a very radiant, very glorious appeared now because I could now see the cloud and the glorious steps. And then I could see now, I could see them stepping on the stairs, the glorious steps which appear, and I can describe it as one, two, like this. The last one is that, and they're equal. So the cloud opened, the door to heaven opened, and I saw that church entering heaven. January 15, the year 2017, this year that has not ended. And I think this is such a benchmark conversation, a standard conversation that can be used to correct the church. At this hour, when you see a big revival is throbbing in the land of Kenya and beginning to spill across the border to Finland, to going to, going to go to Peru, Mexico, all these countries that the Lord is telling me to. Now, what I want to describe about this is that before the cloud closed, before the door to heaven closed, as they were coming, I was also able to notice the following thing that I want to bring to the attention of the Archbishop in Uganda, John Kitsio, and all the ministers of the gospel assembled in Kampala, Uganda. I want to bring the following to the attention of the church globally that I observed, I made the following observation as they passed. Number one, I did observe that some of them had their families, their children with them. So that is such a blessed assurance, a blessed hope now for the church. Because in as much as salvation is personal, only they that call individually call on the name of the Lord will be saved. We know that. That much we know. But it was so blessed assuring to see that some of them were holding the hands of their children and with their wife and they were going into the kingdom of God Almighty, beloved people. And that reminds us very much of how Noah was also delivered with his family. And yet we know that each member of Noah's family strictly stood on their righteousness. Even the book of Ezekiel says, even if Noah was that much righteous, his righteousness could not have saved his wife, could not have saved his son. 
So they told their own merit and thought had to give account on the righteousness of the Lord. However, the assurance we have here is that I made an observation and I saw some people entering with their family. And I know that I will go up to one hour and then we can take a break and do another two hours or one hour a break and do a third hour probably. Because I'm told that you have devoted this day for this message. So I have the latitude to do an extended conference today. Anyhow, I observed that some entered with their family. So that is all. The second thing I did observe that I want to bring to the attention of the church that the Lord sent me, and remember he showed me these things that I may tell the church, for surely it is for you. The second observation I made is that I looked and I saw their garments. I saw that they are wearing, they were wearing, number one, very holy garments. That's the first thing I saw. The garment they were wearing was very holy in the sense that, in fact, I can confess to you here, that it was difficult for me to know who were the men and who were the women. Because the garment was so holy that the, the headgear, there was a headgear that covered, covered the head so well and created like a turban behind. And in front was rolled interwoven. The front part was interwoven, going up, down, up, down, and the other one, the, the two of them, they were woven with two, two clothes, two, 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 two rounded and rope like clothes. When one goes down, the other goes up, and this one goes up now, the other goes down like that across their face like this. And that turban was covering and falling onto their back. And then, the, the garment itself they wore, was a long garment covering even their feet. Their feet were fully and totally covered, beloved people. And that's why I said I could not know who were the male, who were the female. And then, I could also see that their, their, their hands, when the garment reached the hand, coming from down, connected now to the shoulder and your elbow, it was connected, it was wide and connected, you almost thought it was like a flapping like a wing for them, but it was the garment. And the other observation I made about the garment is that the garment was super glorious. It was a very glorious garment, but if, even if somebody, the Lord made me know, if somebody went and touched the garment with a pen, I could see that dot. I would have seen that dot. So it was a pure, super glorious garment. Holy, totally glorious, and radiant, and brilliant. Again, glorious, radiant, brilliant, and shiny. It was a powerful thing to behold, beloved people. And so, I saw that as they reached close to the cloud, the cloud opened in a very dramatic way, very powerful, opened the door, one end near where I was standing, and the other on the other side, and the glorious stairs appeared, and I could see their glorious feet touching the glorious stairs. So remember, 
that now we know that there will be the glorious bodies and the glorious garments. So that's very important, beloved people. And then after they entered, then I saw the cloud close. And then I woke up, beloved people. So that is the conversation I want to finish this year with for Uganda, for the nation tuned in. It began the year, and this is the conversation I want to create because this year, 2017, is coming to an end. In that conversation then, when the Lord showed me the entry of the church, the entry of the church into eternity in heaven, the entry of the church into the glorious kingdom of Jehovah, the kingdom of God, beloved people, ministers of the gospel in Uganda and all over the world, what is the message to the church then? What is the Lord saying to the church, beloved people? That is where I want us to begin from. Now, I want to begin with scripture. I'm going to read quite a few scriptures because this is a conference and I have been given the latitude of time. I know it's coming at 1 o'clock, but I can do it up to 4 p.m. We will be having some short breaks that I may be able to bring as much as possible the instruction of Jehovah away to the Church of Christ in Uganda and by extension globally. Now, and I know that you came here very many, 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 hundreds of thousands are gathered in churches also now, and millions are tuned across the land. But this is an awesome opportunity to repeat the instruction of Jehovah, beloved people. And what a time at which to receive this instruction when the church, when the entire world, I call them the church, the entire earth, mankind, humanity, is right now busy on matters of Christmas and they are busy with sin at this hour. What an awesome time to receive from on high about the agenda for the hour. Now, the book of Acts chapter 1, I have a few scriptures. In other words, we know that the Lord is talking about the coming of the Messiah. The most anticipated coming of the Messiah. The most awaited coming of the Messiah, beloved people in Uganda and world over across San Francisco, Seattle, Washington, all the way down to Dallas, Texas, all through to Tri-State area, New York, New Jersey, down to Pennsylvania, all these other places up to Florida, Tuesday, all the way to Sao Paulo, globally beloved people, Africa. We all know that in this conversation on engaging the church in Uganda in, the Lord Almighty is speaking very, very clearly about the glorious coming of the Messiah. He is speaking about a very important thing. The day for which you became a Christian, the day for which Jesus died on the cross that he may admit you into that day, into the kingdom of glory, the day for which the Bible was written, the day for which the Holy Spirit, my friend, was released out of the church, the day for which 
you are alive. You were created. You came born again. That one day you will be able to partake of this day and enter into the glorious kingdom of heaven. So the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 10, the Bible, the Bible does promise the coming of the Messiah, beloved people. And I want to go through the scriptures in the Bible that really bring out this day. And I'm going to be a little sensitive today because I know this is a wonderful golden opportunity for the Church of Christ in Uganda. And I'll be able to address myself to the nation of Uganda, the church there, the mandate of the church, and some of the things, the ills also that are affecting the church. This night, the Lord will speak to me quite a bit about the church in Uganda. I will be able, in the context of this conversation, now to address the church in Uganda. The book of Acts chapter 1, verses 10 to 11, look at what he says here. He says, they were looking intensely up into the sky. I have no passions, but I've chosen to read NIV for time because I have so much here. They were looking intensely up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. So what is he talking about there? He talking about verse 9. Because in verse 9 he will tell you the cloud came. Let me read it also. Again, the book of Acts chapter 1. Verse 10 to 11, I'm extending to 9 to explain 10. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They are talking about, he is talking about the rapturing of Jesus. When our Lord Jesus Christ had finished his public ministry on the earth, walking on the foot and preaching the gospel, dying on the cross and resurrecting, then he took his disciples to the eastern slopes of the Holy at a place called Bethany, and then at this place, when he had lifted up his name, Peter's head, and he had blessed them, then all of a sudden, a cloud appeared. The cloud you see me describing, <laughs> you see me describing in that mighty vision of January 15th, the year 2017. How awesome. The cloud appeared and took him right into their, in their eyes, raptured him. The cloud of the glory of God came and raptured him into the glorious kingdom of God. And as they were looking intently up into the sky, as he was going, then suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Verse 11 says, Men of Galilee, they say, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So you see, beloved people, there's so much in that scripture, but for the purposes of introducing 
my conference to the pastors and the ministers of the gospel in Kampala, Uganda, and of course across the globe. He is talking about the Bible promising that the Messiah will come back. The Bible promises very well that the Messiah would come back. In other words, I will be back, the Messiah says. He will come back. When you look at the book of Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, verse 4, Turn with me, pastors, blessed people, and I know many other people are tuned in who are not necessarily the ministers of the gospel. Welcome. Colossians chapter 3, verse 4, this is what he says. He says, of course, I can start verse 2, always have the latitude because of this teaching conference. He says, pastor, for example, he says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And that's a very powerful message that God comes through. And then verse 3 now he says, he says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4 he says, When Christ, who is your life, appears, Again, he says, I want to repeat a very powerful quote. He says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So you see that the Bible still goes on to promise that the Messiah will come back. That is where I want to begin from, beloved people. That the Bible indeed promises that the Messiah would come back, that you may slowly and stepwise understand this message I'm going to give you today regarding this very powerful conversation between heaven and the church, between God the Father himself and the church. So the Bible promises that that day would happen, the day God the Father has shown me already and sent me to the church world over. John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3, pastors in Kampala, the third scripture that promises that the Messiah would come back. And today is going to be a very, very long conference, beloved people. He says here, John chapter 14, 1 to 3, says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Again, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. This is the version I'm reading here. They can read another version, also many other versions. Tremendous versions here. King James and the others, same thing. For example, King James, I can read from King James also. John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. Look at what he says here, beloved people. And real quick, he says, Do not let your heart be troubled. That is now King James. Trust, that, that is now uh, NIV. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms, many mansions. Other version. Now King James says, Let not your heart be troubled. 
ye believe in god believe also in me and you see in my father house are many mansions in them called it mansions that all i want is pull up room but mansion so you understand dwelling place habitation so let me continue with that i then it says do not let your heart be troubled you believe in god believe also in me my father's house has many rooms if that were not so i would have told you i am going there to prepare a place for you if i go and prepare a place for you i will come back so if there's anything if i were you pastor i would have underlined i will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where i am and then say you know the way to where i am going so the bible promised that the messiah would come back how powerful the other people the bible already promised that that day that jehovah spoke with me about on january 15 the year 2017 he said that day we realize that instruction he gave me to bring to the church to prepare for that day that day will materialize that instruction is important beloved pastors and beloved ministers of the gospel in Kampala Uganda the bible promises that that day will materialize it will realize so better will we be better are we if we can prepare for that day the book of hebrews chapter 9 verses 27 to 28 for purposes of time i could read as much but we don't have much time again hebrews chapter 9 verses 27 and 28 this is what he says beloved people Twenty seven he says, just as people are destined to die once, and after again, again to die once, and after that to face judgment. Verse twenty eight, my target he says, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away. the sins of many and he will appear a second time and he will appear a second time beloved people not to bear sin but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him to those who are anticipating him to those who are expecting him beloved people in Uganda there before i give you the message what i'm doing now i'm simply setting up a preamble an introduction for the church of christ in uganda that you may understand the message of the entry of the church into eternity january 15 2017 when i begin to give you that message and that's why i say today's conversation might be four hours I will really talk to the church in Uganda. 
to help against Titus chapter 2, beloved people, verse 13. He says, I can begin 11 actually, it's better. He says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people, meaning all nations, beloved people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly pleasures, worldly passions, meaning the pleasures of sin you see in this world. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly life in this present age. That's a mighty scripture right there. Because you know how wicked this age is. You know how wicked these days are. Then the target verse 13 is saying, While we wait for the blessed hope, they are appearing, they are appearing all the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then down there says, Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness? and purify us unto himself are the people that are his. His very own. He got to do good. Good is holy. So, after killing is my target, beloved people. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Still building the foundation, beloved people, the foundation and introduction for the Church of Christ in Uganda. That when I give the revelation of that tremendous vision of the Lord, conversation between God the Father Himself and the Church, we will all be in one page, at one page. The book of Revelation. Again, there in the book of Titus, you see, the Bible promises that the Messiah will come back. The Messiah comes back. He will come back. And again, of the same scripture in Titus, we read, he says, to those who are anticipating him, those who are expecting him, those who are waiting for him, deliberately. The book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 7, beloved people, that is now another coming, which I'm going to distinguish. Now I'm going to refine it and ask, which coming of the Messiah then am I talking about? Has the Lord sent me to prepare Uganda for? Revelation, chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierce him. And all people on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. So here it says, every eye will see him. Now I want to distinguish this with another coming. Because here it says, every eye will see him. Then there is now Revelation 16.15. Revelation 16.15, the church in Uganda. And here he says, Look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and 
and remain clothed so that he may not go naked and be shameful. On this one here, the people in Uganda, the Church of Christ in Uganda, Archbishop John Kitio and all the ministers of the gospel assembled under you there. I want to bring to your attention the following sharp contrast. The one in Revelation chapter 1 verse 7, it says, all the eyes will see him, meaning all the people will see him when he comes. The one in Revelation 16, 15, it says, look, I come like a thief, meaning not everybody sees him, and still beware of coming. It's still coming. And again now, there is an instruction here in Revelation 16, it says, blessed are those who stay awake. Look at that now. He's beginning now to tell the Church of Christ in Uganda, within the introduction of this message. Before we enter the deep, the depth, the body of the message, he's already telling us here that the Church of Christ in Uganda now needs to redefine, redefine our blessedness. What does it mean to you in Uganda to be told that you are blessed of the Lord? Because the Bible now says, Blessed are those that stay awake. Hey, in other words, Blessed are those that anticipate Him. Blessed are those that wait on the Lord. Blessed are those that wait on the Messiah, beloved people. The ministers of the gospel in Uganda, and all the ministers of the gospel in Europe and the United States of America and globally who are tuned in, now you can see that the Lord is redefining to this generation the true meaning of the blessedness of God. He says, those that prepare to them be the blessedness of God. Only they are benchmarked, are standardized by heaven as blessed. Before we begin the message. 
if it helps, if it takes you away, takes you away from this, he says it's not. It is not a blessing. And then now we finish the introduction, beloved people, with first Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, beloved people, chapter four, to describe the day that the Lord spoke to me about. The day of the coming of the Messiah. The day that everybody on the earth must prepare for. If they don't prepare, war unto them. They will be cursed. They will be God's not blessed. First Thessalonians chapter 4, beloved people, verses 16, 17. And he says the following. First Thessalonians chapter 4. 1017, he says, now he gives the dynamic of the day, the dynamic that I have seen. What I was describing to you when I described that visitation of God the Father, January 15th, this year, 2017, this is the cascade I described. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 1617, he says. And he says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And he says, the Lord himself, really not sending anybody, the Lord himself coming down now from heaven, number one, with a loud command, the open of the throne, you know that. With a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, number two, and with the trumpet call of God. Then he says, the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left as the culture together with them. So that again we'll be caught up together with them. In the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will all be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with this word. So the blessed people gathered the ministers, the senior ministers of the gospel in Kampala, Uganda, and globally, and millions of people tuned in in Kenya today. This is a very powerful introduction because this introduction now lays down one major pillar, one foundation. It says, the Bible promises that the Messiah would come back. And we have already seen to those expecting him, those awaiting his coming, those anticipating for his coming. Hallelujah. So what then is the message, beloved people in Uganda? What is the message, beloved ministers of the gospel, bishops, pastors, senior pastors, the Archbishop, what is the message the Lord is giving to the Church of Christ globally in Kampala and by extension globally? The Lord is speaking about the day of the coming of the Messiah. And when you look at the scriptures in the Bible that celebrate that day of the coming of the Messiah, I have looked at some of the scriptures in the introduction we have just seen. And you have already picked 
cues, some cues have come through already from that introduction that speaks about how to prepare for that day. And so, when you look at the scriptures that are inscribed in the Bible, that are involved in the Word of God, the scriptures that celebrate the day of the coming of the Messiah, then you see that they give a very important message, beloved people. The message they give is on how to prepare for that day. And I'm going to read one of the overriding benchmark, I call it, scriptures, kind of scriptures, that celebrate that day of the coming of the Messiah. And then I will open up now a deeper conversation with the Church of Christ in Kampala, Uganda, and globally. So when I begin this part, I will take a short one, and then maybe at about, uh, after about 20 minutes or so, we'll take a short health break for those of you in the conference wherever you are in your living room globally, so you may go right away out, you know, take a health break, five to ten minutes, and then we'll continue, because this is going to be a long conference. The first scripture I want to look at that gives us a very, very important message on the coming of the Messiah, and that scripture is going to give us now our main title, our main subtitle within the main title, the entry of the church into eternity in heaven. Now, I am reading from Revelation chapter 19, beloved people. The book of Revelation chapter 19 is very powerful. Verses 6 to verse 9, only three verses, then I'll bring to you a very important message. Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to 9. And I'm indeed very blessed to the church in Kampala, the church in Uganda. I hope my Uganda is right. May the Lord bless you, the bishops and the pastors gathered. Now look at this stuff. Revelation chapter 19, verse 6 of us now. Archbishop John Kitio and all the ministers of the gospel assembled under you there. This is what he says, a very powerful scripture here. Revelation 19.6.9, only three verses. To begin us now, on the main instruction God is giving the church, he says, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing water, and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah for our Lord God Almighty reign. Okay, let me just stop there at verse 6. In other words, verse 6 is telling us, Revelation 19 verse 6, is saying, when this day arrives, the day that I'm crying for you here, beloved people, the day that God the Father himself, it was so important to him, that he came down himself. And the Bible says, nobody knows the day or the hour. Nobody knows the day or the hour, not even the Son of Man, not even the angels in heaven. So when you see the Lord revealing to me about that day, then you can tell that even the angels of heaven are listening to this announcement. 
ingia about that day because only God the Father knows about that day and the events leading to the day and the preparations thereof. Hey. Only Jehovah Elohim, God the Father, knows about that day and he has concealed it with the hidden wisdom of God in the upper chambers in the treasure rooms of the wisdom of God in heaven, beloved people. And he's saying in verse 6 that when that day arrives, there will be a historic celebration in the kingdom of God like has never ever happened since the creation of heaven. How powerful, beloved people. He's saying a celebration like none other. A celebration like none before. And he's saying, in that celebration, there is going to be historic, grand multitude and multitude and multitude, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, times hundreds of thousands, times millions, the entire heavenly host. And when they are celebrating, they are celebrating historic, like never before, to underscore one major point. To underscore the historic significant significance of that day when the church enters heaven. It will be tremendous significance and accord achieved in the kingdom of God. Hey, how powerful. How significant that. How important it is then that I am speaking to you, the church, about the mind of God the instruction of God regarding this day. And he says, when you listen to what they are saying in verse 6, they are saying, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reign! It is as though that day when the church of Christ finally enters into that glory I saw, the kingdom of glory, then that day will be a rubber come. It is the day that will affirm and confirm the reign of God that surely, yes, our Lord God Almighty reign, meaning the day of victory. Hey, victory over sin, we are going to look at that today. The sin, you see, disturbing the church in Uganda. That is the reason the Lord has fought with Uganda today. The wickedness you see in the land of Uganda, in the church in Uganda, in the believers, is saying, for our Lord God Almighty now reigns. Now we can see he surely reigns. Because finally he has made the church defeat sin and come up here. Hey! How powerful is this, beloved people? And he goes on to verse 7 and says, let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. Three things. Rejoice, be glad, and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. How powerful. He's saying that when you look at the historic celebration in heaven, 
when that day arrives, then you see the underlying reason now. In verse 7, you see the underlying reason. He says, this day has been long awaited. This day is long anticipated. Everybody has been waiting for this day. Everyone has been looking forward to this day, according to this scripture. And I hope the Church of Christ in Uganda has also been awaiting this day for Hanul Adamu in Swahili, with great anticipation. And he's saying that when it comes now, they say, wow, let us celebrate, because finally that day is here. Finally the long awaited day has realized, has materialized, the day of entering eternity with our God has come. And he's saying that when that day arrives, then when you look at the celebration going on in heaven, he's told and you carefully listen to the narrative of their tongues as they celebrate, they are saying, let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. He's saying they are not just celebrating per se, celebrating for the sake of celebrating. No, not at all. He's saying that the reason there is a historic celebration never ever seen before in the kingdom of God in heaven is because that day arrives and when they look at the bride of Christ, the church in Uganda, in Kenya, in Hong Kong, China, South Korea, Houston, Texas, the church in El Salvador, Ecuador, the church in Rio de Janeiro, Cabo Grande, Sao Paulo, Buenos Aires, Nigeria, Morocco, South Africa, the church in Hamerone, Greenhawk, everywhere, Kenya, Nairobi, Venice, Kampala, Sydney, Australia, Wellington, New Zealand, wherever, Ireland. But when that day arrives, and heaven looks down, looks at the church, they find, wow, the day has arrived, and the church is also ready. Let us celebrate. Hey, how powerful, beloved people, that the celebration in heaven will be historic owing to the significance of the church, the entry of the church. The church is an important part of the equation of that felicitation, that jubilation, that when the day arrives, the long awaited day arrives, and they look at Oaxaca, Mexico, they look at Dete, Mexico, they look at Puebla, Mexico, Tlaxcala, Pisaco, they look at Cacao, Cancun, Acapulco, they look at the cities of Mexico, and they find that the church is ready. When the Lord comes to the church, there will be celebration, historical, historic celebration. And I am going to discuss today with the pastors in Uganda about that ready now. That ready is talking about what does it mean to be ready? What is heaven looking for? What is the 
What a beautiful day in the Church of Christ in Kampala, Uganda. Chokara Kalitizo, Masaka, Lichara Mugendi. And he's saying that let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come. And when we look at the bride, she is also ready. Let us rejoice. Otherwise, if she is not ready, master of sadness. all over the earth. How powerful, what a mighty, mighty responsibility this person lays on the church, lays on the pulpit, lays on the altar of the Lord, lays on the pastor, the minister of the gospel. And he says, verse 9, he now gives you, now verse 9, the real details, the benchmark, and the standard of heaven Thank God. 
दी थी
state. And the revival in Kenya is unbelievable. Last weekend, I don't know how many creepers walked. Until now, we don't know. Probably more than 100. Some people estimate 120. Because we don't know. We cannot reach all of them. But each case is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Entire family raised like this. The blind. Shocking. But the, behind, behind this revival, behind this wonderful, mighty visitation, behind this glory, is the message of the coming of the Messiah. That's why this is critical, beloved people. This is fundamental. This is extremely important indeed. The underlying factor, the underlying message of the tremendous anointing you see, is the coming of the Messiah. And I say that when you look at John chapter 14, which we read already, verses 1 to verse 4, in verse 4, I'll just jump there a second, you don't have to get there, we read it already, but just to catch base with you. Verse 4, he says, you know the way to the place where I am going. In other words, you know the way to the Father. And the way to the Father passes through the cross. Hey, passes through salvation. Only those that enter the ark of Noah were saved. Hey, and if the ark of Noah was the kind of portrait he was painting about the salvation of Jesus. And if the ark of Noah, like it was during the time of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Messiah. We are not reading that scripture. But if the ark of Noah was the semblance, the prefiguration, was the image of the salvation, that was bringing the church the salvation of God through Christ Jesus the Messiah. Then you can see for yourself that only those who entered the ark of Noah were saved. The wooden ark who obeyed God and constructed the ark and entered and so shall it be now also the day that I saw that the father came to speak to me about on January 15th the year 2017 that only those that will enter the cross crucify the flesh carry their own cross like the Messiah instructed and be born again will see eternity with God. You know the way to where I am going. Very, very powerful, beloved people. And I know I have only one minute. But he's saying here that the way that has been closed in Genesis chapter 3, verses 22 to 24, 
Now when Jesus comes, the Lord Jesus, he takes followers of the Messiah, followers of God. He builds forth a people that are followers to God, followers of God. People that will be found righteous. People that will behold the glory of God. People that will be the blessed of the Lord. People that will enter the adoption of friendship with God. People that will become members of the family of heaven. Then to go now, this way is open. They will now enter. The world that was closed is now open. The Messiah has prepared these people, the followers of God, the righteous, the beholders of God's glory, those blessed unto the Lord, those who are adoption into sonship, those who have been justified, they have been forgiven, they have become members of the family of God, they are there now. Hey! Are you these people? The Church of Christ in Uganda, the pastors and the ministers, Before you begin to prepare the church, check yourself. Are you these people? Have you entered into membership of every thought? People that are sons, that have inheritance with God, those that will enjoy their father's estate in heaven, they will inherit it. Those that the father loves, from before the foundation of the earth. Hey! I am going to come back and talk about these people after the short break. You may take a quick short break. If they are going to serve any lunch in Kampala, Uganda, make sure they serve it. Within 10 minutes, beloved people, 15 minutes maximum, and then we come back. Because now I want to enter the finest linen, bright and clean, the garment of righteousness. What is the instruction to the ministers of the gospel in Kampala to prepare the church? And in the process, how are you going to clean up the decay, the stuff in the church? I'm going to look at this in the second phase. May the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Shalom. Thank you. 
I'm a